0: We're, we've found a way to make better decisions than ever have been, than folks have ever been able to make in the past, based off of good data.
1: Welcome, everyone, to UpTech Report. This is our Apply Tech series. UpTech Report is sponsored by Teraleap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by my guest, Rod Reason, who's based in Greater Indianapolis. He's the co-founder and CEO of Springbuck. Welcome, Rod, good to have you on. Uh,
0: Welcome to me. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: You're here, man. Now, your product is a health intelligence platform. So for those out there, if you're an HR team leader, a thousand plus employees, their average ones they're working with about 10,000, but it can go up from beyond there. This might be an intriguing platform you're going to want to check out. Now, on your site, you state a more intelligent solution, but really help me understand, Ron, like what is the, this intelligent solution? What was the problem that you found initially and are like, I need to solve this?
0: Well, so uh, my background was in the uh, corporate benefit space, uh, working as a consultant with larger employers and each year employers go through this cycle of trying to understand what benefit program what their benefit program is going to look like and that encompasses everything from their health plan how they structure their stop loss deductible to the pbm they choose to um, the overall third-party solutions they're going to use to engage uh, their employees so that process we found was fraught with lack of information lack of data and almost a a perverse incentivization in the market where the consultants may not see the entire market of opportunities, um, plus they were basing their information off of a lack of information uh, or good data. So we said, what if we could bring new insight into that decision-making process and help the employers make the best investment into the population or their team? And so we decided in 2014 that we were going to investigate the industry, and then ultimately build out a smarter way of making those decisions, and build out a health intelligence platform. And that's what we're here, where we're at today.
1: Now, you are not new to the health space. I mean, already before this, you're CEO of Healthiest Employers, so it's it, seems, it sounds like it's it's been in your mindset of of applying solutions around healthcare. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, no doubt. You ask anybody that's in the healthcare space, or anyone that has experienced it, um, healthcare in general, especially coming out of a COVID year, and you'll say that healthcare is broken, and there's ample opportunity to um, to create new new pathways or disrupt the space. And so that's what we're doing. We're we've found a way to make better decisions than ever have than than folks have ever been able to make in the past, based off of good data. So these aren't subjective. Um, ideas or, um, hey, my best friend has a company, you should check him out. This is all based off of data.
1: Well, help me understand, Ron, for just clarity's sake. Before someone uses a, a solution like Springbok, I mean, what are they doing before this? And why does it actually help at all? Well,
0: it depends on the size of the company. Uh, so l- large employers, if you if you have 50,000 employees, you likely have an analytic solution or a a consultant that's working with you to look at your data from both a clinical and actuarial perspective. So larger employers have had access to tool sets and data that mid-market employers certainly haven't had in the past. But even those tools in the the enterprise space have been um, a cobbled together uh, set of instruments, um, if you would, that are based off of very legacy-type platforms or technology. So entering the industry in 2015, we became cloud native. And it's interesting to even use that term anymore because no one would even say Everything cloud, is. right? <laughs> Everything's cloud, right? But, but still it's fascinating that that was the space and enterprise employers were buying um, on-prem type solutions that were um, cumbersome or clunky to use. And so we, we looked at the space and said, what if we could take the modern paradigms that exist in the industry today? And as they're growing, not just cloud, but all of the paradigms with a very sleek, easy-to-use interface, the, almost a curated approach to the user to say, hey, I know you're not coming into my platform to go solve a problem that's in your head. What if I, the software, could actually start solving the problem that you've not even thought of? Um, that's the difference between health intelligence versus just data analytics.
1: Uh, help me understand very briefly, like just in, in, a, in, a, in a paragraph, a phrase, of, of what are the inputs that are coming in that it's actually looking at to provide any intelligence on?
0: So we collect traditional uh, medical claims, pharmacy, dental vision. Um, think of it from a, uh, an employee lens. Any data that you create because you're engaging in the healthcare system those all, each of those produce an element of information that help us better identify uh, both a pathway to success, where are you going from health profile, and then also where have you been? Um, Where you're going is what's most interesting because I think that's what you and I as consumers wanna know now. Um, It's nice to have a history book, but where am I going to go? How can I be better served as a human being? That's what technology really has the capability of doing here in the future that in the past we hadn't had.
1: Now, uh, for those that are in, in this role, an, an HR manager and leader that, that you're, you're working with, a word of advice, if you were to bring them for their role and what they're having to deal with, even aside from Springbok, what would you share?
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, the, the one thing that we've found over and over again that differentiates where the marketplace is at today versus where it's going. Is that an this to Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets, whatever platform you use? If if I gave you a a whole host of data and I said run me some pivot tables and some charts, I don't know what your sophistication level is, but you'll probably figure it out. Um, same way with me, I'll figure it out. But our levels of output are going to be varying um, widely. So the value of a software is only as good as my own specific knowledge. Well, that inherently is a problem with the entire industry. So as HR leaders, one of the, one of the fears that HR leaders often have is, and I don't know if I wanna buy a, a system because it's, I don't know what questions to ask. What we said is that's why we build a health intelligence platform, is you don't, know, you don't have to know the question to come into our solution our job, our sophistication, our engine, our insights platform is designed to dig into the data and expose the best opportunities and then direct you down the path to take. So it's, it's not Excel at all. It's not that old paradigm. It's the brand new paradigm. And it's teaching folks that it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, and oftentimes that's just it. It's just, it's okay to say, I don't know, jump in and take a look and you'll see the future.
1: Now, this kind of is on this road of technology itself is instead of just giving you data, here's data, but it's providing suggestions and, and ideas of what does this data mean? Can you speak to both the, the immediate future of what you're most excited about feature-wise is coming out, but also long-term as far as where the technology is headed in this uh, for data analytics and for being able to use in healthcare?
0: So I, I this is always fun for us. Um, we're, I'm exposing this to our team here next week in our uh, all company offsite. And uh, just I'll talk about the industry in general. Um, you, one of the things that we've learned as human beings through COVID is that we're um, a a massive consumer of information. um we we love to consume information. Um, there's a plethora of information out there, and what what avenues we collected is often very interesting. and most of the platforms have a way of learning what we click on and then proposing new information to us. That's just software working behind the scenes to be better curators for me as a consumer. You see this happen as consumers um, using Netflix when they do their propensity scoring to say, hey, movies like this you might like, or Amazon does it when you start to look at products. So the, the big consumer brands have figured out that we as consumers don't really want to go look for um, the, the next movie to watch or even the product to buy. Uh, what's been watches. fascinating to us to watch. Yeah, exactly. So, so what, we've, what we've said is, okay, if that's happening in the consumer space, um, healthcare is notoriously late to everything. And so why can't we apply those same paradigms to the healthcare space? So think about it just from the analytics industry. Um, most of our um, historic process for buyers in our, in our industry would be to come to an analytics solution with the problem already in their head, similar to trying to walk into a video store not knowing. I mean, remember this, when Blockbuster existed or even Netflix or, or uh, um, Redbox, you, you go to the box and, and sort through the options versus a streaming service that is learning from you all the time and suggesting new things. That's the paradigm that needs to exist, and it's what we're bringing to market. In the heart of COVID this last summer, we brought together a a product called Answers, and we took that paradigm of linguistic search that you and I often do when we say, hey, Siri, or hey, Google, or um, a whatever. And uh, we think linguistically and we expect an instant result and not just a result. We want it to be learned, but we also want it to curate based on what I know. We launched a product last year called Answers that does just that. So I can go in and find the best opportunities in my population to to go serve. Uh, so I, I, I can keep babbling, but uh, keep asking.
1: It's the concept of, of being able to constantly learn and provide better answers. And maybe even using NLP, just natural language, understanding and processing to be able to say, this is what I want for my healthcare, for my options, for my benefits, and both the employer as well as the employee can benefit from these types of new access. I'm, I'm excited for what, what you're painting the vision, Rod, because I, I see it. I'm curious because we could, we could dig into that a long time, but I, I want to take a, a little different shift here and understand this has been six years you've been building this. Help me understand, if you knew what you knew now, yeah, if you knew now what you know now, six years ago, what would you be telling yourself six years ago? Man, I wish I had told myself this.
0: Um, I I think we sometimes as human beings uh, limit ourselves to the capabilities of the impossible. Um, Our theme as a company this year is enabling the impossible Um, and really trying to stretch our minds from what we know and lean into the darkness um, in many ways. So um, Plato often called it the cave syndrome. And what happens as human beings as the older we get, we put these barriers or blinders around us because we have experience of winning and succeeding. And once we've had that experience, we almost become closed-minded to other ideas. And that's a big danger. So what we challenge our team to do is to say, hey, just because it was successful last year or two years ago or three years ago, Let's be okay leaping into the future and saying, what haven't we done? Where could we go? And just taking the blinders off um, to jump into the future.
1: Um, As a leader, I mean, that's one of your your purposes is to lead and and to take those challenges. Can you share um, for other leaders out there? What was one example of you're like, man, I wish I had just jumped a little bit further on this or not uh, taken so long to, to push further or without the blinders?
0: Um, I, I am I'm not a look back and regret kind of guy. So I'll, um, what I'll share is one thing I think we did really well. Um, March 11th, we decided to begin working from anywhere And uh, last year when, uh, when COVID hit. And our team had our own product roadmap in, in front of us. We were launching a new product. We were, we, you know, we're a software company. So we had our product roadmap already in place. And then COVID hit, and all of a sudden, the whole world is trying to understand what is COVID? How, what does work from anywhere look like? And our team jumped into action, and we, over a period of several months, we attracted over 2,000 attendees to webinars that we produced um, in conjunction with other organizations to say, here's what the effect of COVID could look like. Um, here are the things that you should be considering we created new cards, over 12 different cards or insights within our platform that weren't part of our roadmap. So those are times when you, as a, as a leader and as an organization, you jump into something that you don't know, and you learn very, very rapidly of what's, what's working, how do you educate your team. And believe it or not, I mean, we just reported to our board yesterday, we stayed on our existing product roadmap. So we added those things and did not detract from our existing roadmap. And that was tough. It's been a, you know, a tough year for everyone. I'm really, really proud of what the team was able to accomplish doing extra, um, even in a tier, even a year of chaos.
1: Which is a testament to you as a leader to be able to keep the, the team uh, corralled and focused on keep pushing forward. Um, speaking of the, of team and building a team, um, that is its own challenge. So just being able to, to share any insights there, um, what would you say um, is maybe your, the, a powerful tactic that you have found to find the right team member and hire the right people to, um, when, building, when building your team?
0: Well, I, I appreciate the praise for me personally, but I have to deflect it to, to the team. It is the team that actually came up with the ideas on what to do. We just said, we need to do something. And the team rallied around what to innovate on, how to build the cards. It was the team that did that. Um, so I think for, for me, the biggest learning last year was to, to set the vision and then to get out of the way. If you hire really good people, and you're telling them what to do, then that, that's really troublesome. Good people know what to do, they have their own ideas, you need to step out of the way and let them go do. Um, we have a fantastic team who innovates past what I could ever dream of. They step into that dark more than I do um, often and come up with new ideas that I wouldn't have done on my own.
1: How do you, how do you determine that this is, a, this is a good person, like this person is able to jump in before hiring them, and what's your, what's your process? How do, you val- how do you
0: identify that right value in them? <laughs> I wish I had a silver bullet that could uh, could tell you that answer. Um, we asked some crazy questions in our interviews, but uh, um, we Can you give an example. We hired one of those
1: questions that you <laughs> that you asked.
0: Um, one of the questions that we used to ask was, uh, if you could have dinner with someone dead, alive, or fictional, who would it be? Uh, it's, it's, it's not a new one. I think others have probably done it, but that's that's a fun one that just strikes conversation.
1: Yeah. As you build the team, I imagine, as you said it, it that's what really is allows your your whole organization to to move forward How big is the team today? Oh, we're
0: about one hundred and fifteen people
1: gotcha and, and moving forward from here, what would you say um, is kind of the next big thing that you're going to be working on, on as far as the roadmap and the
0: the the vision of of moving forward uh, It's continued to double down on what we've built uh, so we've it, at stages, uh, every company and individuals, we go through these S-curves, and you, uh, you excel to the next platform or the what next, the so what, not, uh, so what now what. And last year, we, we achieved a level of scale. We have over 4,000 employers on our platform now. We added over 1,000 employers to, to the technology just in last year. And so we, we've figured out that the technology is working we have this insights layer that I've talked about, and now it's about doubling down on creating new value for our customers. Um, you know, ultimately that's the value of a SaaS platform is that you're releasing, we're a continuous release shop, so every 30 minutes we're releasing new code. So every 30 minutes, the platform gets more valuable for the customers that paid, you know, that bought last year or two years or the ones that just joined every 30 minutes that we get more and more valuable. So it's a really fun space to be in. So just continuing to do what we know how to do well.
1: I'd love to at some point uh, hear more about how you're able to constantly be pushing out every thirty minutes new new code because that that's got to be its own whole section of knowledge uh, of your team to be able to accomplish that. But in, in our time remaining, I'm going to ask you just one last question. For as a leader, are there any books or or, or insights or places you go to and would recommend um, audiobooks, podcasts uh,
0: as a leader to be able to keep growing? Um, sure. There's, uh, uh, there's three that come to mind real quick, and I'll pull one and actually show the title um, here that I just got done reading. But uh, uh, Freakonomics is uh, number one. Um, just if you, I'll just say that. I won't even give the history of the book. But that Freakonomics is, from a, for a business leader to understand business principles from that lens is, in my, in my perspective, um, one of the best books you can read, just understanding that thesis. I'll reach over here. Um, and uh, and show you this one. This is one that uh, the president of our company just handed out to some of our leaders, and it's about getting into this judgmental mindset versus a learner mindset. It's Thinking Positive, very, very good book for leaders, especially coming out of a year that we've had with just a lot of chaos. It it was easy for all of us to get in that pit, Um, so another good book. Um, And then for Business Operations, I, I like the book Traction, by Gina Wickman, uh, which talks about the EOS business model. So those are three I could go on. I'm an avid reader, as my, my team knows, but those those three. I
1: appreciate it. I can already tell with the books behind you and a book ready to pull up, only an avid reader could be able to accomplish that. Well, thank you so much, Rod, for, for sharing both the direction, the insight, the the role that, that Springbuck is playing. For those that want to learn more, you should definitely check out their website, uh, springbuck.com, right? And, and it's B-U-K, springbuk.com, and you'll be able to, to check out and get a demo. Thanks again, Rod, for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you for doing this. Keep up what you're doing.
1: That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you're subscribed to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.